would be blessed. Wow, what a relationship with God. To where the people that walk into Home Depot and just, just grace your presence, sis, they're blessed because they met you. Powerful. Verse 3 says, And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. Now God's on his side. Listen to how he describes Abraham. Listen to these, these promises. Nobody was going to bully Abraham. Nobody. I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Would you just pray with me for a moment? God, we love you today. We praise you. Thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity. So glad to be a part of this great church. I pray that you would anoint your servant tonight, that you would give us the heart of all people. Give us seed, God, that we might sow into good ground. And for that, we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. You may be seated. Hmm. Abram. Abram had to be some kind of fella. We pick up Abram's story because we've learned about him in Sunday school. And so we kind of know his life. But he's a real person with real problems in a real family, real issues. And yet God spoke into his life, and that's what made him unique. Because not only did God speak into his life, but Abram responded to God's call upon his life. I've learned that the Word of God is a lot like, you know, sunblock. It only works if you apply it. It's what they said at ladies' conference. I, I learned to listen to ladies. Happy wife, happy life. There's so much more to this than a good sermon. So much more than good music. Something has to be applied. And if it's not applied, Elder, it doesn't do us any good. None of it really does us any good if we don't glean from the Word of God and then put it in our life and, and apply it and live by the Word of God. It's just here and gone. Abram heard a call from God that said, you've got to leave your land that you're from. you got to Leave your family that you're associated with, and you've got to go to a place, well, where am I going, God? You don't need to know that yet. I'll let you know when you get there, Abram. You just, you just leave everything and walk out into the desert. Now, how many of us could really do that? I don't leave my house without a destination in mind. Abram just struck out into the wilderness. Convince your wife of that. Where are we going? I don't know, babe. We're just going. 
What's going to happen? Don't know. You don't think, Mrs. Abram, that I'm married to a crazy man? Leave him, Abram. Get away from your country and from your kindred, from your father's house unto a land that I'm going to show you. Abraham lived in an, an, among an idolatrous people. So when God began to speak into his life, there were some voices that Abram had to stop listening to so that he could clearly focus on the voice of God. I feel my help now. It's kind of hard to live carnal and spiritual at the same time. It's kind of hard to be depressed and encouraged at the same time. The Bible says that a double-minded man is unstable. He's insecure. Not just a little bit, but in all of his ways, he's insecure. So they launch out. They begin to travel. The Bible says that he told him to leave his family. Yet Abram said unto Lot, chapter 13, verse 8, And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee. See, God knows how to whittle down the number. Just talk to Gideon. The Bible says that they begin to have words. There begin to be some bitterness between the families. This, this makes sense to you? Abram said, I, I, I don't want to fight with you, son. You're like my, you're like my son. You're my, my brother's boy. And he's, I, I tell you what, don't let there be any arguments. Don't, don't let us, don't let us fight. Just, uh, the, the whole land is in front of you. You, you just, you just pick a spot and I'll just take what's left. That was generous. You just, you just pick it, and, and, and wherever you decide to go, that's fine with me. I, I'll take whatever's left. Just, I want to keep, keep our bond together. One translation said, Lot took a long look at the fertile plain of Sodom. Pitched his tent, the Bible says, towards Sodom. Now, when they parted, I believe they parted as friends. I don't believe the familiar bonds were, were broken. I, I don't think there was strife. Abraham said, no, we're going to do something about it before it gets out of control. Before we stop talking to each other and nobody comes over for Thanksgiving and we stop answering the phone and when you knock on the door, I just pretend I'm not home. He said, we're, we're, we're going to do something about it before it gets that bad. Make your choice, Lot. The Bible says that he took a long look. And that's where they begin to drift apart. Abraham held on to the call of God. Are you with me? Lot decided he was going to settle for something less than. Church, I've come to tell you, there was one thing that separated Lot and his uncle. And that was passion. That was passion. Well, can I come and tell you that what's going to separate the church from the rest of the fake religion in the world is one word, and that's going to be passion. In this journey, it's going to get hot. In this journey, it's going to get dry. In this journey, there's going to be some strife. 
maybe even amongst our own. There's going to be some days we don't get along. You may like ketchup on your French fries, and I like mustard. And there may be some times when in order to get along, we've just got to get some space a little bit. Are, are you with me today? But let me tell you, there is nothing in this world worth losing your passion over serving God. There is no body. There is no issue. There is no argument. There is no hurt feelings to say, you know what, Abram? I, I think I'm just going to stay right here, Uncle, because let me tell you something. Now, the spirit of Lot said, I think I can camp there and nothing's going to happen to me. I think I can move into that town and nothing's going to happen to me. I think I can flirt around with it a little bit and it's going to end up being okay. But you can read the rest of the story, honey, and you can find out that it took a hand of God from a praying uncle to deliver him out of certain destruction. But I'm telling you, I believe I'm in the midst of a people that says, you know what? It's not going to happen to me. Yes, I may get a little down. Yes, I I may have a bad day, bad week, bad month. My God, we just come through COVID. I, I, maybe, I may seem like I'm a little depressed, but you know what? He's as real to me. Come on, somebody. It means as much today as it ever did in my life. Come on. The old song says he gets sweeter. He gets sweeter. Can I get a witness in this house? It doesn't matter who's sitting in the White House. It doesn't matter what the government says how they try to label or redefine my passion drives me onward. You realize this world is at war with itself. You want to know why people are so upset? It's because there are, there's something going on called a culture war. Culture is changing. It's morphing. It's moving. I doubt that it will ever go back to something that's familiar. You know why? This thing is designed to end. Things are being positioned for the end. Don't be surprised when elections don't go our way. God's got a bigger plan. Don't, don't be surprised when our finances get affected because God's got a bigger plan. Are you with me? Don't, don't, don't get depressed when the economy isn't responding the way we would like it to. God's, God's got a bigger plan. You know why? Because, Abram, you were never meant to stay here. <laughs> I'm just a pilgrim. Elder, this, this world is not my home. I, I'm just passing through. You, you, my treasure is laid up. Anybody with me? The angels beckon me. Is anybody still excited about heaven? Is anybody still excited? Page two. Oh, I want to see him. Look upon his face. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about someone who is filled with enough passion that says, you know what? I'm not settling for anything Sodom has. I'm not settling for Haran. I'm not settling for this world. I didn't get in this thing to take a long, hard look. I've got in it because I've got glory on my mind. I got in it. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if there ever was a time we ought to be passionate about holiness, it's right now. If there ever was a time we ought to be passionate about sound doctrine, it's right now. You don't have to be a conservative woman anymore. You just have to be a woman. And when some fool can't win a medal,
Still with me? There ever was a time that we need to get this book out and say, God, I need you to show me where we are. Not according to Fox News, not according to CNN. No, no, no. I, I, I understand all of that. It's just jaded lingo. Come on, fake news. Fake news started in the Garden of Eden. Thou shalt not surely die. It's not a new term. Right? The Bible says, let this mind, let this mind be in you, which was also in you know what it means when it says mind? It means attitude, thought process, feeling, belief, and opinion. That's the Greek. You know what he was saying? Think like Jesus. Your attitude ought to be Jesus' attitude. Your opinion ought to be Jesus' opinion. You want to know why this world is so confused? Because they've got other people speaking into their life. If they had the mind of Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got to be more passionate today than we were yesterday. You know how you, know how you can tell when a culture is changing? Their vocabulary changes. I say it all the time. When they won't tell you what a woman is. When they won't define for you what a male is. When they want to rewrite the, 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 the marriage, it ought to alert us just a, just a little while longer. Lift up your heads. Lift up your heads. Your redemption. Is anybody ready to be redeemed? I, I'm, not, I'm not talking about having a good church service. I, I don't mean we come and we enjoy the choir or, or we enjoy the, the ministry. I, I'm talking about redeemed, that great eternal day. Come on, somebody. When you hear those gates finally click behind you, when you step out of it, Paul said, when this carnality, when this mortality puts on immortality, whenever there's a transition and there's a change, not according to this world, but in the moment and the the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. Anybody ready for that day? We used to talk about that a whole lot more. It seems like than we do now. I still believe there's going to be a rapture of the church. Does anybody else still believe that? I believe how you're baptized matters. I believe how you live matters. Why? Because it says so in the book. Let this mind be in you. They've come too late to tell me that it's antiquated and it no longer matters. Google is not a good pastor. The internet's not going to tell you the truth. You know what you need? You need a word of God spoken clearly into your life. And even though it goes against the tide of the tides, let God be true. And every man, every man. Politics is a poor substitute for passion. Is that okay to say that? I'm not getting political. But politics is a very poor substitute for passion. Bitterness is a poor substitute for passion. Depression is a poor substitute for passion. Abraham 
was going on. Abraham said, I, I love you a lot, but I, I, I've got a call. Anybody with me? I, I love you a lot. You've been like a son to me. But if this is where you want to pitch your tent, be my guest because I, I got a call. And my call didn't go that way. My, my call is, is over here. Where are you going, Abram? I don't know. How will you know when you get there? God's going to tell me. Oh, Lord, ladies and gentlemen, if there ever was a time that I ought to come to the house of God and have some passionate praise, if there ever, when I look around and see, you can watch it on the television. You can read it in the news. When you see prophecy begin to be fulfilled, it ought to energize the church to say it won't be much longer now. Come on, someone. You got to realize in your bosom that I'm not meant to stay here. I'm not satisfied with anything here. I don't want anything this world has to offer. Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. I want to know that I know that I know that when that trump comes, this world, God's called me out of. This world, God has told me to leave behind. There are certain people God has told me to leave behind. Is that okay? Bible says they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power. From such, from such what? From such people. I, I, I don't need T.D. Jakes to tell me how to have revival. You with me? I don't, I, I, I don't need, what's that Botox preacher? What's his name? Who? That's it, that's it. It's time for us to refocus, sharpen the tools, sharpen the, or, 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 are you still with me? Have I, have I gone too long? It's time to, to examine ourselves. Brother Joel had it right. Am I as passionate today as I, as I was then? Do, do, you know something? Every once in a while, me and the wife have a date night. And, and it might be something simple because, because I, I'm, I'm a poor guy and, and she's a cheap date. So sometimes our, our, our date consists of, of going to the Dairy Queen and, and, and we, we get some vanilla ice cream in a cup and, and some salted French fries and we dip the French fries in the ice cream and we eat it. And because we have a license, we can share the ice cream cream and the french fries maybe when i get older i'll get a fancy ride like that she can ride around on it with me i don't know i want a horn on mine now there you go i want a better horn than that one and it's all about just staying connected you know something? You can get so bombarded with life. You can start to drift and not even know you're drifting. And before long, your mind begins to think on 
negative things more than it does positive things. And then a critical spirit will come along. That You know, I just don't think from such. I'm in this for revival. I'm in this thing to make heaven my home. I'm in this thing to lead my family. You know what? That's what Abram did. He said, come on, Sarah. Let's, let's mean you go together. And so they left, and eventually God blessed them. Are, are, are you getting the picture today? When you get a call of God on your life, it don't go away because elections change. It don't go away because of dynamics that change. Change is a part of life. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. Just don't be a lot and settle for something other than what God has called you to. He didn't call me to a, to a church full of padded chairs and padded carpet and nice walls. He called me to glory. He didn't call, he didn't call Abram to Haran. He didn't call Abram to Sodom. He said, no, I've got a call on your life, boy, and you just follow me. Sometimes we don't have all the answers. We don't know why God does what he does. We don't, we don't understand, but we got to have enough faith in what he said. Isaac was a part of that family. Bible says that his boys came in. Isaac was old and his eyes were dim. His boys came in. One with the goat meat. Didn't that sound attractive? Isaac said, I feel my son Esau, but I hear Jacob. And he gave the blessing away. Let me tell you something. When you go by feeling, it's a poor choice for the words that are spoken. Well, it just don't feel the same. It's not supposed to. I was teaching our young people at the church. One of them brought up that they can go to a concert, and I'm, I'm not wanting to overstep. I'm, I'm talking about the Willis Gospel. And they have gone to some other churches that doesn't really believe it quite like we do. And they said, you know, when I raise my hands, I feel the same. Now, there's a thought that says, well, that's because God's responding to your faith and you raising hands. But you know, Sister Pam, I said, well, that's a shame because your worship should be deeper than that. It shouldn't feel the same. Because you see, the problem with a lot of us is we let experience define truth for us rather than letting truth define our experience. And it becomes sensational, emotional. Neil Postman writes a book, Amusing Ourselves to Death. If you don't have the book, you need to get the book. And in that book, he says, what happens when it's no longer fun? What happens when it's no longer sensational, no longer amusing? 
says, I can tell you what happened. Divorce happens. I can tell you what happens. Midlife crisis happens. I can tell you what happens. People lose their mind. And they go searching for fun somewhere else. You know why? Because it's very superficial. I know we're not swinging from any chandeliers right now, but I'm preaching. There's going to be days when church is not fun. There's going to be days when you just got to sit down at the kitchen table and work some stuff out. Remember, we were talking about applying the word of God. There's going to be days when, when I got to say, you know, pastor, I, I don't know about that, but because you're the man of God in my life, I'm going to submit to that. And those days are difficult days because they wound our pride and they wound our flesh and it's no longer fun. And what's going to determine whether or not you have more good days than bad days is the amount of passion that goes along with it. Because you see, my passion is not predicated on a preacher. My passion is not predicated on a style of music. It's not predicated on my bills being paid. It's not predicated on whether I feel good. It's not predicated on my feelings at all. It's predicated on what he said and what he done. So that if he does nothing else, he has done enough for me to give him something passionate. He has done enough for me to show up. He has done enough for me to say, you know what? Greater is he that is in me. He has done enough for me to get up and walk out of my tent. He's done enough for me to strike the poles and roll the thing up and to march on another day. Because I believe, Elder, with all of my heart, that one of these days we're going to strike the tent for the last time. That's a military term. And you know what? Robert E. Lee said that right before he died on his deathbed. He said, strike the tents. In other words, we're going on and we're moving. For Ladies and gentlemen, you've got to get it down in your spirit and down in your mind that there's nothing in this world that's going to hold me back. There's nothing in this world that I'm going to settle for. I'm going to go on. And when those I love are planted in the ground... Or those I love are no longer with me. I've got enough passion in my life to keep on going. I've got enough in me to where when it's not fun, it's still right. And when it's not pleasing, it's still right. And whenever it's not what I want to hear, it's still right. You know why Lot never made it? He should have been more like Ruth. All but death, uncle. Don't, don't, don't force me out, uncle. There was strife going on. Lot should have looked at his herdsman and said, there's enough for everybody. Learn to get along. Grow up and get along. Ever had to have a conversation like that? Because even if all you herdmen want to walk away, I'm going with Uncle Abram. If none of the rest of you want it, and you go back to Heron where you're from, I'm going on with Uncle Abram. 
If you want the cattle, if you want all the mules and all the camels and all the riches, take it all. Because I'm going with Uncle Abram. Can you stand with me in this house? Well, Lot. Sure is pretty piece of property over there. It could, it could help your cattle. You know, that was not the first time he had been by Sodom. Did you know that? Not the first time Lot saw Sodom. Abraham had camped near there before. You can find it in the Word of God. It was not the first rumor of the lifestyles that were in Sodom. There were stories. But Lot decided this is far enough. Jesus looked at a rich young ruler who'd asked him a very important question. Jesus told him the answer. And that rich young ruler looked at him and said, all these I've kept. Jesus did not rebuke him. Jesus didn't say, yeah, but you faltered in this commandment or that commandment. Jesus did not rebuke him. I don't know, but evidently, I kind of believe he was telling the truth. Jesus just said, but you're lacking something. Passion. Are you passionate enough to go and sell all that you've got? Give it to the poor and then come follow me. What an invitation. Could you imagine? Could you imagine what he could have saw? What he could have been a part of? What an opportunity. The Bible says he grew sorrowful. And he went away. And Jesus let him go. Oh, but I've got a piece of property I got to prove. Oh, I just bought some oxen. I just married a wife. There's been a death. You know what he's looking for? Passion. You know what really separates us from the rest? It's not our convictions. It's really not. It's not, our, it's not even our doctrine, really. It's our passion about this word. 
Because you see, we're, we're as a people, we're passionate enough about this word that that's where our doctrine comes from. That's where our convictions come from. You can have a doctrine about anything. You can have a conviction about anything. Does this make sense? But when you're passionate about this, this will define everything else. I don't need this world to define things for me. Ladies and gentlemen, when we allow the culture of our day to interpret this book, we have lost already. Is that okay, Ellen? How's your passion? How's your passion? Maybe you and Jesus need a date night. He'll probably let you dip your french fry first. Maybe, maybe we need to spend a little time. You know, I, I find that in my relationship. Pastor, we just celebrated our anniversary. And me and that young girl that you so willingly gave me have officially been married longer than we've been single. Isn't that something? Isn't that, isn't that awesome? I have made my decision. But you got to keep that going. I have seek my claim. You got to draw some lines. Draw a line We're going to sing here in a minute. But I want to challenge you as a body of believers that when you come to this house, you don't come with an idea that if, if the music is right or the right preacher shows up or, or then I'm going to, no, no, I'm coming because I love him and because I'm passionate about him. Does this make sense? I want to invite you to the front of this church. And right, I, I don't want you to come and just talk to God because Brother Carmichael is inviting you to come to church or come to the altar. I don't want you to come and just throw your hand. If you come, I want you to come with passion. And I want you to reassure yourself. I want you to reassure yourself that this thing is worth hanging on to. Are you with me? This church is worth keeping going. You realize this is the light of this community, this city. I don't think there's an apostolic church in North Vernon, but this one. So here we sit with the only saving gospel message. We still believe that? That's something to be passionate about. Here we sit with the anointing and the blessings of God on our life. That's something to be passionate about. I will serve the Lord. I don't need God to stir me because I'm already stirred. I have made. I don't need a catastrophe to draw me into prayer because I want to pray. Is this is this okay? I I don't need a shot in the arm of faith because I I want to be faithful. Do I always want to be those things? No, 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 no. Date nights help. Right? As we sing, this altar's open. I want to invite you. Why don't you come right now? Why don't you come right now? If there's passion in you, beyond just emotion, beyond just being fun, beyond just coming.